Turf. I'm producer Dave, and we are joined as usual by our co-host Amanda Carlin. Hello, producer Dave. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? Very good, thank you. I hope you are too. I am, yes. I am keeping well. Uh, today is the Thursday, the 23rd of April 2020, and this is episode 12. Yes. Uh, in our new in the new schedule. Uh, if, you, if you haven't heard, we've now moved from Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays to Mondays and Thursdays just because we couldn't cope with producing that amount. So this is the, the new the new shifted version. So how, how are you? How have you been since the... Oh, yes, been very well, thank you. Yes, I've been a bit... I was a bit shocked to hear the chief scientific officers um thoughts on lockdown but and the length of time it's likely to carry on for because it's something that i thought in my mind but didn't think it would possibly come to reality it was a bit of a shock hearing somebody official say it yeah all right to be realistic we kind of know that it's going to be around it's not just going to disappear you know, this is not just um, like some of these winter bugs that come and go, you know, and they die off in the, the warm weather. And, you know, it's like the 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 D&V that sort of spreads up every every year and it comes, it goes and that's it gone for the year. And then out it comes next year. Yeah, you know, this is this is going to be hanging around for a very, very long time. And yeah. the only way that you're going to get through this is either immunity, if if that's possible, or a vaccine. Yes. And they don't even know if there is immunity from COVID-19 at the moment because they don't know, which is why they're, they're trying to get people to come forward now for testing for anti antibodies. Yeah. Uh, just to see what, um, from, from people who have had, had the... Um, the coronavirus and what has been left in their body afterwards so they can then do the dna tests and and check check the blood work and see if there's anything there and whether that has any research can be done from that to help produce um well one is the, the statistics from it and the other one is to obviously try and produce help produce the the vaccines but um, even even if they do that i mean we're still you know some kind of even if only what um yeah 100,000 positive cases you know although there's there's a lot more testing but just because you've tested doesn't necessarily mean that you've not had it or will yes. get it it yes. just means at that particular point you don't have it so we've got you know over 100,000 confirmed cases now, out of seventy million people, that's a very small number. Yeah. You know, so it's a case of stopping the other sixty-nine and a half million people uh, from from getting it at some point. So that that's going to be a big, a big challenge for the medical profession because that was something that we talked about before. You know how how do you go about giving a, a vaccine program? You know, do you, can you produce that amount of vaccinations and, and medicine um, 
to treat the whole of the population in a short period of time. That was after you'd watched the film Contagion, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, but yeah. it's, it's it's an interesting thought, and it's not something. Yeah. I think that's part of the roadmap that they're they're not talking about at the moment on how yes. to exit the um, the exit strategy, which they're they're still they're working on. I think they've got ideas of what to do. They just don't want to bring it into operation or say too much about it at the moment because they don't want to give people false hopes about the ending. Because as we've seen in the the numbers, the the, the numbers are going up and down. It's flatter. They are. It's flatter they, than it was. Yes, I just think that there's a fear that people could become overwhelmed by it all, and that that's not good for anybody's mental health. So, I I did think at first, right, we're not being told everything, and I found that frustrating. Um. But now, I think, well, perhaps we're being told as much as we can cope with right now. And I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I feel myself that, you know, processing the information that's coming in, I've got just enough information coming in now. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get all the, the, the voices on the internet going oh, well, we're not being told everything, so they're keeping stuff from us. And and like you say, sometimes you don't need to worry about the next stages because it's kind of irrelevant at the moment. You know, we're trying to yeah. deal with the stuff at the moment, so we, we have all the protocols for for how we're dealing with isolation and how we're controlling what we have at the moment. The exit strategy is something that we don't need to be thinking about for another few weeks because yeah. it's kind of irrelevant we don't want to be jumping and we don't want people to be doing things that are ahead of everyone else we don't want want people panicking and also people doing trying to bring in their own sort of exit strategy of saying oh well you know someone's doing this therefore we're doing that it's a case of yes. we all kind of need to be doing the same thing at the same time so that's why they're trying to sort of stagger the the release of information because they want everyone to do right it's quite simple you do this this and this and then when yeah. we get past that bit, then we go, right now we have phase three and we do this, this and this, you know, so that everyone is doing the least amount of things together all at the same time, you know, and that's not difficult. The problem is that you've got people going, oh, but I want to know what the plan is ahead. Well, it really doesn't matter because we're not there. So yeah, as long as they say, yes, we have something in plan and it will, we will tell you as and when it's needed then that's kind of all we really need to know. You know, we don't need... Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not that they're deliberately... Well, they are deliberately holding it, but they're deliberately holding it for a reason, and that's to try yeah. and stop mass panic and people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think also the numbers of people that have lost their lives sadly yeah to this virus it's it's awful the numbers are large but they're just numbers in our minds mm -hmm. it's just a number it doesn't sound huge and when you put it in proportion to the amount of positive cases there's that going on as well but we've got to remember that every single life has an impact on somebody if they if they're gone if that person goes it has an impact 
And losing somebody, a loved one, is a huge thing, isn't it? It is, and it's not just affecting one person. It's one person's death affects a lot of people. Yeah. The families, the businesses, uh, co-workers, friends, you know, it has an impact. One person has a big impact on their social circle. Mm. And it's, and that's the thing. It's been, you know, it's, it's dotted all over the place, you know, from mm. the very top of Scotland to the very bottom to Cornwall and Kent and, you know, everywhere in between. And it's, you know, it, it's so randomly spread out. That's the thing. You know, it's not just clusters here. It's just everywhere. Well, it's, it's, it's Thursday anyway. So we have clap for, for carers um, at eight o'clock tonight. Yes, that's going to be good. So hopefully everybody... We'll see if there's more people. Well, I hope so. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, there's some interesting letters being put on about um, in the in the local press whether it's necessary to have clap for carers. And some people don't see the point. And I think it's, you know, who, who are we actually clapping for? And it's 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 not. It's... It's just bringing people together and just thanking people because there are people, key workers in the community, you know, and you don't need to know who they are or where they work or where they live. But the fact is that they are working hard and and they do appreciate um, my my daughter. She says that she is out and about at that time you know she's still working and she's hearing it and she gets embarrassed by it oh bless her does she because she feels that she's just doing her job but it is the fact but she does recognize that people are doing something about it and they are acknowledging the fact that work is being done so it does mean a lot to the people that are the key workers that that do hear it and they do appreciate because there's no real other way of showing support. Yeah. You know, and because there are so many key workers in each community, they are hearing it and they are appreciating it. So I think it's a yeah. lot more than just why are we doing it? Uh, why are we why are we clapping, you know, um there's there's a lot more to it and it's it's keeping the NHS going yes there is nothing wrong with showing gratitude and it doesn't matter how you show gratitude and there's nothing wrong with growing emotionally with your neighbours and it's a it's a social meetup physically distanced it's probably the only time I'm speaking to my neighbours at the moment yeah I think there's a lot of people of the first time they've actually spoken to the neighbours. Mm. And that can't be a bad thing. No, not at all. So I think it will change communities as a whole, certainly for the next few years at least. I mean, it may go back to how it was before, but I think you know we've got an opportunity to capitalise on that and, and make the most of you know these small communities and the direct communities with with other people and your neighbours. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll look at news. Um, The big 
debate for today is face masks that's um, being looked at by the SAGE, uh, SAGE group who are reviewing or going to issue the policy for, for today. Um, the general medical consensus is that even if you get people to wear face masks, they don't know how to use them properly. Um, and the whole point of the face mask is not to stop you getting it. It's trying to minimize you giving it to other people. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they're trying to get. You know, it's it's not a, a protection from other people. You know, it's not going to stop you going out and about and getting it from um, outside. But what it can do is it can minimize when you are coughing and sneezing. It's minimizing. But people aren't handling the the face mask properly uh, you know they're not disposing of it properly you know they're taking on they're not wearing it properly so there's there's lots of issues about it's it can potentially do more harm than good um some people have said you know you can use or what they're suggesting is maybe you know wear a scarf but then you've got to then you've got to wash the scarf so whatever you're using any material stuff you've got to um wash to protect yourself. Now, I've, I've I've heard now from the NHS what they do is when they're they're boiling, well they're boiling they're they're washing at a minimum of forty degrees mm. in soapy water on, and that will kill the bacteria. And that's how they are cleaning their their the scrubs and the materials. Mm. So that's if you can wash your whatever you're wearing in your face mask. Um, then that would be the way to do it. But yes, it's it's a it's a big issue because if they say right, you've got to wear face masks. As we've seen, there is only so many face masks being produced in the UK. Now, you have say off the top of my head, say there's two million NHS workers, and there are seventy another sixty eight million people in the UK who are then told they need to wear face masks. Where are they going to come from? Yeah. You know, who's going to produce all these face masks and you're supposed to have them, they're supposed to be disposable um, and you're only supposed to wear them for so long and then you get rid of them. You, one, you've got an ecological disaster on, on your hands, as I've found in some places where face masks are turning up on beaches because oh. people aren't going to dispose of them properly. If you're not, also not handling because they're classed as bio-waste, bio because they've got mm. diseases on them. I mean, I saw one on the street, and I was like, well, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to, no. you know, I should put it in the bin, but I haven't got the procedure, the, the PPE to handle that. You know, that is a biohazard yeah. on the floor. I'm not going to touch yeah. it because I don't have the right kind of equipment. And that's the problem, that, that these things are can cause more problems in themselves so it's not just the answer of i'm going to have it and one of the 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 docs has been interviewed this morning was saying that he's seeing people wearing them as they're walking around town he says which is ineffective anyway and then they were stopping to talk to someone and they were taking the mask off to talk and it's like well you kind of got the whole thing wrong you know if you if you're talking that's when you wear your mask. <laughs> so people just can't even wear them properly. You know, so there's, there's there's a lot of issues. You know, it's not just as simple as it's a face mask and you have to wear it. Yeah. That's interesting. 
it, it did yeah. make me laugh. But yes, the, so we should hear later on today uh, what the the government position on face masks. Um, did you see, have you seen about Japan? Japan haven't got social distancing rules in place. And what they're doing is telling um, citizens to wear face masks. Mm -hmm. And so COVID-19 is a problem for them. It is. I mean, to start with, they didn't have an issue. And I think that's yeah. where we were talking about the different possible, the different strains and how that's affected um, different communities. I think they were one of the first, or one of the first types of strains. So it, it affected them differently. Now I think they're having a, a knock-on effect mm -hmm. as it's mutated or as different strains come in, and the the way because I think the the idea was that the first strains were quite hardy and that they weren't being passed as quickly, which is why yes. I think China has got such low um, infection rates partly because of the lockdown but partly because it was slower to transmit because it was in the early stages yeah. so i think now it's becoming more um it's evolved um and so therefore its transmission is a lot higher or it, it's easier to transmit in a um from people to people more readily um so yes i think there is a a this second wave is starting to affect, and I know sort of the the Asian countries are beginning to to be suffer, to start to suffer from this, and they're starting to see yeah. their, their cases rise. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye keep an eye on them because it will be mm. interesting to see where um, how they deal with it, um, and it's it's going to be a case of watching it as this thing goes round the globe a couple of times. I think so. It's interesting to see how different countries are tackling the whole situation. They all seem to be so very different. Yeah. And that's the thing yeah. is you've got a couple of countries that have not been affected in, in the same way. So everyone's saying, oh, well, we should be doing the same as them. You know, they're doing oh. that way. They're doing this protocol and they've got these results. And like we were saying before, you, you kind of comparing apples and pears. Like Germany has a different level of um, mortality rates because they affected a different group of people. You know, and it, it really depends on you've got you kind of have to match like for like before you can compare the results. So yeah. you can't just compare yourself with another country and say, "Oh, well, they've done this, so therefore we should be doing the same." These countries mm. are now having different longer-term effects. And they're having to change their policy as well. So, it, yeah. So yeah, you can't just automatically jump on and say, yeah, we should be doing the same as them. You kind of just need to go by your country and, and how best to try and respond to how it, it's evolving and, and changing. And meanwhile, the US. Oh yes, and even the the medical chief medical advisor can't um, went against what the the president said. Yeah. He said, "Yeah, it's all fine," and he went, "No, it isn't." <laughs> yeah. He completely contradict what the president said, and so he, I'm, I'm guessing, 24 hours, and he'll be out of office. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, he will lose his job, and it's just, which is scary. It is really, isn't it? Banks, um, 
as of yesterday, the Lloyds Bank in Wisbeach is closed for yes. a deep clean. Yeah. Uh, so it's not closed, closed. It's just they've had to shut down uh, to make sure everything's all um, contaminate, decontaminated and will open up again. And they will announce when, when that will happen. I went to find the Lloyd's Mobile Bank yesterday in Chatteris and that has stopped. That's it. So Chatteris now has, for, for definite, has no banking capability whatsoever. Blimey. And obviously that's, if that's the mobile one out of the way, then there's loads of other small towns and villages mm. around. But there's nothing on the website. I went on the website on Tuesday to say when, where and when it was due and went there yesterday and I was with, there was another lady, an old lady there, you know, waiting for it and nothing turned up. Oh, that's terrible. So there's no communication. It was only because no. I went on the discussion page and said, anybody know what's going on? And someone said, yeah, it's not coming. All right. Well, that's not how you're supposed to run. No, it isn't. That no information has been passed because some people, certainly the elderly, elderly are reliant on access because there's, there's mm. no or well, next to no buses. You know they've got no other mm. means of leaving the. So how do they pay stuff in? How do they get stuff from mm. the post office accounts or whatever, <laughs> whatever the, um, the the financial account or the, the building societies and things? You know, yes. if, if you can't get that through the post office, you know where else are you supposed to get it from? Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's I do feel for residents in Chatteris. It's not fair. Yeah, it's 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 rough times at the moment. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's the update for the, the banking. Obviously, if I, we hear any other uh, other banking news, then we'll we'll let you know. Mm. Um, more finance. Uh, the Fenton District Council have been voted worst in handling or distributing the coronavirus business grants. Um, only 42% of the um, funds allocated have been handed out. Uh, Peterborough City Council came next last with 44%. Um, I did uh, they? Yeah, and it's, mm. but this is all within Cambridgeshire. Right. And, but I think part of it is just not businesses being able to get in touch with FTC yeah. or vice versa so I don't think it's a case of they're not handing them out I think it's just a massive breakdown in communication between um, trying to contact the, the businesses and the FTC I think that's very true from what I understand Pendant District Council have been very quick to process applications and um Peterborough, interestingly, were processing before Finland. Yeah. So I'm, I'm surprised. But equally, um, as far as I'm aware from businesses that I've spoken to, they're, they're all very happy. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's, it's stats and recordings is, is one thing. Um, but mm. the reality is not always the same. Yeah. So I think if you are a business and you know that you, you know you you do fall into the categories where you are um, below a certain size and you are a rateable business or you're in the entertainments business, then yes. there are different grants. So 
but you've got a way of actually getting in touch. So if you think that there is, you should be eligible, if you go onto the FTC website, you will find there is there's paperwork, which we've mentioned before, there are forms there, or there are contact details for you to get in touch and even just to inquire because they only... Or if you're not sure, just look and see. Because that's the thing is, if, if they don't yeah. hand out all the money, what they're going to do with the money, could that then go to uh, support the small individual businesses that aren't eligible? I don't know. That would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be, that would be good. If all but... the individual com, um, self-employed yeah. businesses all um, got in touch and then they found they go right okay there's we've got I know um, five million left in the pot which hasn't been claimed um, and we've got 20 businesses that have all applied that aren't rateable then we <laughs> split it up between them <laughs> that would be nice but <laughs> that's that's never going to happen but yeah it's a nice thought yeah yeah but, you know, these are amounts, they're sums of money that could mean the difference between make or break for some businesses. So it is worth looking at it. Well, that's it. £10,000 does go a long way, especially if they're not having yeah. to pay rates um, for the next six months. Yeah. You know, it it's not going to pay all the staff, but at least it, it helps pay all the bills that are currently going through that businesses are because I say I'm, I'm in the same situation I'm, I'm having to pay uh, things like you know the the website fees have, have suddenly turned up you know for the, the annual payment of support for the website that's turned up um, and there are other annual fees that seem to come out this sort of time so all the admin I've got at the moment is all having to pay for things services that the business uses yeah you know, the stuff that i use on a regular basis on a monthly basis that have to be paid you know that money's still got to come from somewhere you know i'm i'm not as fortunate as others i don't have that that sort of same support from from the government so i've got to find the money from elsewhere so yeah it's you know the businesses still have a lot of internet businesses don't have the same kind of compassion you know it's it, these are automated billing processes yeah you know there's, there's they haven't been turned off they just you just automatically get sent saying you know this is what you owe pay it now yeah because a lot of the companies they've all gone into either sort of not for furlough but they've either reduced their hours or so you don't have the people to support these <laughs> online businesses so they're just ticking away in the background doing their own thing. So there's, there's no compassionate element of it. It's just a, here's your bill, pay. Well, I do think it's funny, or ironic even. I think it's ironic that EE's call centre has closed down and you can only contact EE's customer service by um, internet at the moment. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because we had an issue. We're with EE. And yeah. uh, the internet went down, so we couldn't contact them. <laughs> yeah, it is it is madness, and that's not the only case, I'm sure. I mean, even I mean, they're a telecoms company. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it, it it's madness. The 
It is, isn't it? If you, if you can't work, you know, but that's that's the thing. It is the nature of the beast. You can't if your staff aren't there to to support it. It's yeah. just the ironic nature of the fact that it is a communications business that can't actually be communicated with because there's no one to <laughs> man the phones. Yes, it's there is irony in there. Some in there. You know, the bottom line is if you feel that you are eligible, you're not sure, get in touch with the FTC and talk to them and find out. And they will Most tell definitely. you. Yes. So, but because they are handling, they are processing the, the applications and doing it quickly when they are. Yes, they are. Uh, one thing mentioned was we talked about Zoom uh, media so you're talking about media and stuff we were talking about uh, zoom applications for people doing online conferencing and and video yeah. video chats um the they have the boss has apologized for all the security issues um that have arisen oh that's interesting i noticed parliament were using zoom weren't they 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 do use it for some some aspects of it They've said that they would use it for yeah. the the non secure stuff or the sort of the lower level <laughs> issues, but the top the top um, sensitive stuff is being used by something else. Um, so there's there's no reason for not using it. It's just you've got to be very careful how you use it and make sure that you're not passing out um, codes, access access codes and passwords to other people online or letting them yeah. have access to it because they are hacking into it and some uh, one college professor said that he was then inundated with obscene videos from people oh, because really? you know which was obviously upsetting and disturbing to him and and the other people yes. who were on on that call because yeah, that just, must have been horrible because you've got no control no um so yeah so he's he's apologized it, it's it's basically because it's a small company and it's just gone boom <laughs> no, it's just oh. gone global and everyone's trying to use it so that that brings down technical problems of you know small flaws that are in a small product suddenly become a massive issue on a big scale when yes, hundreds of millions crazy. of people are using it so they, they hadn't anticipated that it would ever be that oh. big you know, so they are. Oh dear! They are promising, promising fixes for for that. That's good. That's good, and it's good that they recognise it, and they're doing something about it. Yes, it is. So yeah. we'll we'll keep an eye on that as well, and and give any updates if we, as and when we have anything. Uh, do you have some news? Something about um, Captain Tom, maybe? Oh, yes. Captain Tom has tweeted today. Lovely Captain Tom. Um, and he says he's thankful for people's offer of help um, for various items. People are just offering him things like walkers and what have you. And he says he's got everything that he needs. And thanks people for their kindness, but he asks if people would instead donate to the fundraiser rather than looking at giving him items that he doesn't need. That makes sense. I mm. think what they're looking at, well, the last time I heard yesterday was something like 27 million. I don't know what it stands at today, but I know it's it's become the main um, access point 
for raising money mm. for, for the NHS and I think everyone else has now realised that instead of giving to lots of other sort of small campaigns they feel that one it's a worthy cause and two it's just an opportunity or it's a way for them to actually give money for to the NHS to help them. Yeah certainly because it's such a big campaign the money is going to be directed to the right place Yeah. so that's a good thing and um, because there are worries aren't there about where money goes to and you know how it's administered so this is such a big thing it's not going to be administered inappropriately it would be interesting just to do a follow-up and just see how the money is is spent just to see where it goes and who it's actually helping i mean are they um i think it would too it would just be nice to know where it it is it is going so we'll we'll, we'll see Right, I believe you have some news on schools and school meals in the area. Yes, I do. Thank you, David. So um, Cambridgeshire County Council are pleased to announce um, that Aldi are joining the list of supermarkets accepting free school meal vouchers, and that's from Monday, 27th of April. Um, and parents and carers are asked to please contact school for more details and families whose financial circumstances may have changed please do get in contact because they might be eligible for the scheme as well okay that's it because people's circumstances change as as the lockdown has had impacts on different families so yeah it's always worth just to keep an eye on it and just just double check because you may be eligible for it now yes yeah okay that's good anything else uh animal rescue oh yes defra have um changed their policy and um they've now removed restrictions so rescued animals are now able to be rehomed um, and I know the RSPCA have put up their list of available animals, mm-hmm. but you need to check with each individual rescue centre for their policies on home checks and what have you. Okay, that makes sense. I mm-hmm. suppose because there's always that handover period, isn't it, where they would come out and check the place is suitable environment yeah. for animals to be rehomed with. So, yeah, obviously that's had an impact. Yes, yes. And also... And I'm sure the rescue centres would say this. Animals do need homing, obviously, but it's very important, I think, if you are rescuing an animal, adopting or um, fostering an animal, that um, you consider during lockdown the animals are going to be used to you being at home. Mm -hmm. And then after lockdown, that they may have some abandonment issues. So aware that could happen yes i can i can imagine that with with well any any kind of animal that's going to have contact on a daily basis cats and dogs certainly um and then suddenly there's nobody in the house again that's going to be quite traumatic for them yeah there's going to be lots of surprises yes um a lot of protests as well so yeah be prepared for that yeah or at least try and sort of stagger your going back to work. So maybe um, 
once the li- the lockdown's lifted, they will sort of increment how people go back to work. So yeah, it's 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 obviously affecting the family, but also will affect your your pets as well. Yes. So yeah, so look after them as well. They they are an integral part of your family. So yeah. Yes. But the main question is, what would Doris do? <laughs> how is how is Doris? Doris is fine, thank you. Yes, she's she's um, mending well. Good. And she has a lot to say. Oh, good. <laughs> so today, Doris says, "Happy St George's Day." Happy St George's Day, David. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Happy St George's Day to you too. Thank you. Doris has asked if children and young people could look up the history of St George. Mm-hmm. He is a legend. He is, yes. Um, she'd like young people and children to find out where did St George come from and how was he made a saint and which King of England made St George our patron saint. Um, and Doris suggests children and young people make some drawings. That's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> Doris <laughs> likes her drawings, doesn't she? She does, doesn't she? She's a drawingaholic. Uh, yes, yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, she'd like to see drawings of St George slaying the dragon, put them up in windows for people to count on their household strolls during daily exercise, and then um, they could be passed on to... Um, sheltered housing for older residents to enjoy well that's just reminded me that um i did some work with the march mummery group oh yes uh before christmas and part of their show was the slaying of uh, of saint george slaying the dragon so maybe i'll put a link to you know if you want to entertain the kids and watch because it's the uh, the children version Oh, not very the good. not the late night pub version, <laughs> so it is it is suitable for for children as well. So, what I could do is I could put a link to that um, from from here after the show as well. So, um, okay, that would be good for them. Mm. Um, something that one person uh, I think it was Kathy. Um, someone sent me a link talking about the Fenland flag you're talking about oh, national yeah. nationalist um yeah or local nationalism and identities and it was something that was was mentioned that Fenland does have a flag of its own mm. now that was news to me I wasn't aware of that um but it has its own unique style and it has the Fenland tiger is the the animal that's on the um representing on the flag now if you bear with me a second i will find out the name of the lady that passed on the information um i tell you who uses the Finland flag quite often there are two organizations that we talk about mm-hmm. um the echo company andrew callahan yeah he's a user of the Finland flag and fact fact used the Finland flag as well and as you're entering Chatteris from Cheryl. Duddington, that was it, Cheryl Cheryl, Cheryl White. Oh, right, right, sorry, Cheryl Cheryl Wright. My mistake. Um, right. She was the one that got in touch and asked if we would um, 
just raise the, the awareness and, and bring the pop help raise the popularity of, of the uh, of the flag. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, because it's looks like a yellow. It's got blue blue on either side, two two block um, colours on either side, and a, a yellow uh, block in the middle with a, a red um, fen tiger in the middle, in the yes. the raised p position. I think there's there's a difference there's indication of of if it's if it's in that position as opposed to being on all fours that that yes. indicates something else and that um I know that there is significant meanings and I can't remember what it is because that's the difference between like St George's uh, sorry the, uh, the the Wales flag and the Scotland flag because they're in different postures. Oh yes, yeah. So so yeah that was the that's the fen flag fly that um no that's that's doris's contribution for today cool okay we'll go to the um the daily stats it's we have total number of cases worldwide of two million six hundred and sixty two thousand so we're now over two and a half million uh number of cases Positive cases in the UK is 133,495 and the number of deaths so far is 1,800, no sorry, 18,100 um, deaths yes. in, in the UK which is just horrific and we're certainly catching up with France mm. um, which is only actually I think 21,000 so yeah it's um it's not good whatever which way whichever way you look at it yeah yeah eighteen thousand one hundred too many yeah i think trying to get people to understand the the, the sort of the scale of it it's something that we talked about just before the show is like how do you understand you know you can understand half a dozen people dying you could it's something that you can comprehend but when you start getting into tens of thousands it becomes right. uh, it's, it's almost like an arbitrary number it's just it's so big you can't physically um right. grasp now i think what would be an idea would be to compare it to um stadium sizes and that's not something i've seen yet but if they said right well you know if a small stadium that houses 18,000 football players or capacity of 18,000 and say well it's this one or this one I don't know if that would make it easier for people to comprehend because they can physically see how big a, a stadium is I, I don't I know th what, what I the think answer it would is help. I think it would help um... I know that analogy has been used for other things before in the past it's just whether, yeah. whether that would be something useful now I think I think it would give some perspective. Mm. Yeah. It just reminds me of the First World War. I remember you know learning about it in history and the first major battle and the numbers that were killed it was shocking and yeah. I remember walking out of the school classroom thinking oh my goodness all those young people you know were slaughtered and it took such a long time to process that 
And then as we spoke about other battles, it just became numbers. Yeah. I think also being a child as well, the comprehension of what is bigger than, you know, most don't even know what's more than 10,000 because they've got nothing to compare it to. Exactly. Exactly. So stadium, stadia, yeah <laughs> it, it <laughs> it's a, it's a good it's a good um analogy, analogy. yeah mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see if there's anything out there but it's certainly not something i've come across so far i'm not saying that no one has done it because it, it is something that does prop up every so often when trying to trying mm-hmm. to sort of scale things um oh. yeah well i'll have a look and see if there's any any other references um okay local local chat life of lockdown um mm. something i wanted to go back and talk to talk about was ecology that was something that we talked about before um and funny enough i think it was last monday we talked about it and we talked about um how the ecology of of the, our local environment will change yeah. as a result of the lack of human activity now we've already seen photos of uh, pollution levels in cities having dropped significantly there was a video posted from venice two days ago and it was of a giant jellyfish swimming through the venice canals but because the water is so oh, clear you could actually see it because the the pollution level has dropped you can actually now oh. see the crystal waters of the v- venetian um, the lagoons. um lagoons yeah wow so that's had a massive impact on the local environment Ooh. and so someone actually had a camera they managed to go down the canals and actually show the the uh, under underwater uh, life the marine life in these canals Ooh. and it looks absolutely fantastic but that's something that we're we're seeing impact on on their environment but this is slightly different it was a couple of years ago the the councils mentioned about not feeding ducks and yes. geese and, and swans bred because they said that was uh, the wrong kind of diet. Yeah. Um they don't they can't process too well that that, that kind of meal. So they were saying, you know, use um bird feed and things. But then six months ago or so they then retracted that because people were then not giving the ducks and geese and swans any food at all mm-hmm. there was like a counter uh, a, a knock-on effect of 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 removing the bread issues so they then in, they then retracted it and said please give them something you know because there were a lot of malnourished ducks because obviously they're big uh, they were so used to being hand-fed from from passers-by and and tourists now obviously no one has actually mentioned this yet but this is something that sort of came to mind this morning if there are no one if no one is out and about if people aren't going on walks as families down to the the riversides um, or you're only getting a handful who's actually feeding the ducks oh good question so are they suffering are they they're going to suffer um because they're not getting anything Or certainly their access to food is going to have massively decreased. So if you are taking your your daily stroll, take some bread and go and feed the ducks. What a lovely thing to do. 
Yeah. Part of the... All the little ducklings. Oh, David, the little ducklings are out. Of course, yes. It would be lovely. Which is another excuse to go for for your your daily exercise and go for a walk down by the river. Yeah. One store that's reopened, we talk about uh, reopening, um, but it's an experiment. And we talk about, you know, coming out of lockdown uh, and how they're going to, to handle this. Um, B&Q have said that they're now being given permission to open, but they're going to do it as an experiment um, because it's obviously not the standard um, food or essentials in that respect. But obviously there is a need for it. So what they're going to do is they're going to open 61 stores across the UK, but they're going okay. to limit the number of people in the store. Yeah. The same way that the supermarkets are doing, they're going to have social distancing. They're going to have. I think they've got the floors all marked out. You can only mm. so you can only have so many people in the store. You can only have so many in certain areas as well. Um, and then so they're going to see how that works. Um, and then obviously that then may have an effect on other hardware stores and other um, su- supermarkets of that kind of that kind of ilk. So yeah. Um, so they'll see how that goes, and obviously that may have a, a wider impact on businesses in the future. That's interesting. But if it doesn't Do work, know? then yes. obviously they'll have to shut it again. No harm in trying. Yeah. There, there is a problem. Yes. Though, in that B&Q stores tend to be in out-of-town shopping centres, don't they? Mm. So people will be having to drive to get to them well yes because even if they buy stuff the stuff that they buy is going to be heavy anyway so they're going to need transport to to collect whatever it is they're getting Mm. it it doesn't feel very much in the spirit of lockdown that's the only thing i'll say on that that's my opinion i think so but i think that's why they're doing this as an experiment just to see where it works and where it doesn't work what mm-hmm. what are the impacts of of opening something like this? I wonder how many B and Q stores there are actually nationally. So not all of them, I guess, are going to be in the out of town areas. So maybe it's not so bad. Like the one in Wisbeach is next to Morrison's, isn't it? So I suppose you could go to Morrison's for your essentials hmm. and then pop across the road to B and Q. That's not so bad, I don't think. Yeah, I think if you're looking at proximity, then you're driving out for your food shop and then you can then take in a couple of the other um, yeah. other stores at the same time. So you're not make, necessarily making a a drive to lots of ind- independent individual um, stores. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important that we as a nation keep to the spirit of lockdown. We have to. It's, we do, don't we? We have because to keep it going. Because it's the only way we're going to get the other side of this. Yeah. And like I said mm-hmm. before, we have to all do the same thing at the same time. Mm. Otherwise, it's not going to work. If people start going, ignoring it and going off and sunbathing, going for walks and have mass meetings, this isn't going to stop. Yeah. And And that's where people will keep dying and you're going to keep getting the fluctuations. Um, and we're still going to lose lots of people unnecessarily. Yes, absolutely. We've all got a responsibility 
not just to ourselves but to our neighbours as well. I mean, you see the number of people who have the families that have been affected and they're going on and they're in tears and they're just saying, look, just follow the rules. Just do yeah. what you've been asked to do because they've they've had to deal with it firsthand and they've seen yeah. how traumatic and how devastating it is to to the families and also what the 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 patients go through. So, yeah, you, you, know, you can only be told so many times. Okay, well, look at... Um, space oh yes space that's so exciting yes <laughs> there's there's a lot been happening um with space and what's quite interesting a lot of people on facebook are well certainly friends that i know are all talking about it as well mm. um this week because of the the clear skies the um the starlink satellites have been visible and at a reasonable time as well between sort of nine and eleven o'clock depend because it shifts every night so they're they're being illuminated by the by the sun it's dark and you've got a nice clear uh, scene of these uh, satellites going over and I actually got to see them for the first time a couple of days ago as well i've been actually looking for the last week going out whenever it says that they're passing and there are various apps that you can you can download that, that you can go to and they'll show you where they are but because of positions or whatever i was unable to see them or they were in darkness yeah. or whatever but two nights ago i went out looking for something else and i saw the first one going over and then i saw another one and they're like <laughs> oh look there they are but yesterday um SpaceX launched the next batch, the the seventh batch of um, satellites, the next sixty satellites to join the constellation, and that went up at half past eight yesterday. And when I looked at the the map, and you could see that the track was going to be so it took off from Cape Canaveral, and as it reached orbit, it then went over the UK, it actually went yeah. over our house, over Finland. So it had actually separated about 10 minutes before it got to the UK. So I ran outside and lo and behold, it went over and you could actually see them. A very small trail, but just a cluster of 60 satellites all together. And it was really bright. It was probably just as bright as Venus, which we yeah. can see in the, um, the West at the moment. Yeah. And I saw that go hurtling over. So either tonight or tomorrow night i think it's tomorrow night's the next visible but if you if you have a look you'll actually see them spread out a bit further apart so all the others that are going over there's like one and then there's another one there's another one here you're going to see about 60 all within a small section of sky as they start to separate and go to their um allotted locations it's really exciting isn't it it is good and it it's exciting to know that all these things are happening and it gives you something to do as well, something to look forward to. And I know SpaceX have had a lot of criticism because the fact that they are so yeah. reflective, um, they are going through trials to actually make them less reflective. But it's kind of, I know it's a, it's a you can kind of see they've done it because it's advertising because everyone's going, oh, look. They're, they're, they've done something and everybody knows who's done it but so mm -hmm. if you make them invisible and who's behind it 
yeah and then but if you make <laughs> yeah. them invisible then nobody will see them so then yeah you kind of like there's no ad it's like advertising mm. it's it's a weird form of advertising for the business mm. um i i i find it similar to um richard branson's marketing mm. formula that he used to do yeah he, he was always doing stuff wasn't he and got the brand out there yeah do it in such a way that everybody notices yeah because you've got to admit that everyone is talking about it oh they are you know mm. that's the thing is everyone's been talking about the starlink i mean a lot of weird it is unusual to see that many see large clusters and people have gone oh it's aliens it's ufos it's, it's little <laughs> green men coming from mars who are mm. yeah and it's like it's it's funny the the first thing that people think is it's a ufo it's an alien therefore it's 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 someone coming to to see us from across the galaxies to put in <laughs> lots of satellites it's interesting to see all this happening and what's also happened is the the lyrids has also had their their peak in um in meteorites as well so mm. there's there's lots of things going on in the sky at the moment which is just reminding me there was actually a video in holland um in netherlands actually of a meteorite landing during the day and there's a video of it hitting the ground wow now i don't know how true that is whether it's a, a genuine mm. video or not because I must admit, I looked a bit looked a bit suspect at first, but it might be genuine. But I can imagine there'll be loads of um, meteorite hunters with their uh, metal detectors off, going off to trying to find it. Because you can see it actually hit the ground. Blimey. So, but because That's it was a daytime amazing. one, then it's it's slightly different. Because you normally oh. see them at night, but because you can physically see it going in. So I'm I'm going to go and have investigate that one. See, <laughs> see if that's actually. Um, so when lockdown's over, you might be taking a trip to the Netherlands. Then. Yeah, might do. Yeah, <laughs> go and find all the rich, the rare metals. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be something else. Yeah. Have you been looking to the skies as well? Yes, I love it. Yeah, it's very exciting, and um, I'm I'm really in awe of the photographers that have captured some of it. Yeah. It's, you know, there's some good photos on social media, aren't they? There are. There's been quite a few mm. people who've decided to tr have a go at nighttime photography. Mm. But it it's something that shouldn't be missed. If you can have a look at it, it's worth looking at, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't think we've got any sightings. It's in the wrong position today. So I think tomorrow's the next visible. The 24th is the, the next visible um, scheduled um, time that you can actually see it go over <laughs> um, if you haven't haven't already been told the car insurance companies have said that they're going to reimburse most of their customers by 25 pounds because the Ooh. number of claims have dropped um, so I've been sent an email from my insurer to say that I'll be reimbursed 25 pounds so you oh. should, most people should get something um so worth just checking your your um your emails mm. that's good i didn't know about that so it's not a lot but everything helps every little helps so tesco says yeah 
<laughs> I was interested to hear about oil prices yesterday. Oh, I know. That they're actually I, gone into negative figures for the first time. I know. So they're actually Amazing. having to sell it to the suppliers to take it, so they would take it off their hands. Yeah, absolutely amazing. But actually, that is something, David. That's good news for oil heating consumers. But as we're in lockdown, I do think it's worth remembering that utility bills, the other side, or very shortly, are going to possibly be much higher than expected because yes. people have spent time at home. Yeah. So I would say, and I'm sure Doris would say this too, that the money you're saving on fuel for your motor vehicle, perhaps yeah. it's worth putting that away for your um, Electricity bills, bill. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've already noticed that, that our, um, because we've now got these one of these smart meters, and I don't know if it's just seasonal, but we've definitely used more than we would normally use. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly the point is that we've got you know more people at home using stuff around the clock and it's also been chillier as well so the heating's been on more. That's true. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. So just a combination yeah. of things. So yes, yeah, so you can imagine that I mean it will all balance itself out throughout the year. But yeah, that's just something to bear in mind that yeah, if you everyone is at home, so everyone is using lots of electrical devices and television all all the time, which does all add up. Mm. So unless you turn off the heating and just read a book, <laughs> and just use can and use candles, yeah, <laughs> and not drink tea. It's drink 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 water, cold water. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, some some good news to to finish off. Have you got anything else to add to? I have I have got one uh, thing, actually. Um, there's a little six year old boy called Wilbur, and he's attempting to walk ten miles in ten days to raise funds for the NHS. And Wilbur, his his full name is Wilberforce Turpin. That's a wonderful name, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, his grandparents live in Maine, and there are a couple called Ursula and Keith Berry. Wilbur has a, a rare chromosome abnormality, so it has a major impact on his mobility, and he has a frame to keep him upright. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge undertaking for him. Yeah, I can imagine. And he, yes, and he wants to... Um, he wants to do like Captain Tom and do his bit for the NHS. So there's a fundraising page. It's a Just Giving page mm -hmm. that can be found on the many Facebook pages, but also Fenland Citizen and Cambridgeshire Times. Um, but interestingly, Keith Berry, Wilbur's granddad, he worked with Captain Tom. Oh, wow. Um, when Captain Tom... Uh, was managing director of March Concrete Products many years ago in the 1980s. Keith worked for that company for 21 years. Yes, that was something that got raised a few days ago that Captain Tom actually lived in this area, in the Fenland area. Yes. So that's our. So we, lo we love him even more now, don't we? We do, yes. <laughs> yeah. Under rural news, yes, there are. Um, yes, there's some rural news. Um, so, 
we have got parishioners in Doddington, Maney and Benwick. They're helping local hospitals by making scrubs and masks. And the initiative is being coordinated by the first Doddington Cubs and Appleby is a point of contact. And the group have put a shout out for fabric made of cotton or polycotton. So any old sheets or duvets um, that you've got lying about in the airing cupboard, we've all got those, haven't we? Yeah. Um, in a lockdown clear out, perhaps they could be passed on. And also they require buttons about the size of a penny. Um, they also require drivers to collect and deliver items safely and people to cut fabric. They want sewers and people who can knit and crochet because apparently they're also making knitted and crocheted hearts for people on wards to have, which is quite nice. Okay. Um, and the George Inn in Doddington have released classes for a virtual dog show where photographs of animals have been asked to be submitted. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. And you can find all the details on the George Inn Doddington's Facebook page. Brilliant. I think that's everything. Oh, there is one more thing. Okay. And there's more. And there's more. There's more. I've got one uh, more as well. Okay. <laughs> have you yeah <laughs> um it's the 75th anniversary of BE day on may the 8th and i know we've already covered this yeah um, but uh villages and certain streets in villages they they seem to have got coordination going on and they've got all sorts of plans so what we would like to know is what are your plans in your village to celebrate the 75th anniversary of VE Day on May the 8th, remembering we are likely to still be in lockdown and physical distancing rules will still apply. So we'd like to hear what you're thinking about doing, please. Okay. Mm. Um, the last bit, which I've just realised, is a local charity. Uh, it's called the Care Network for Cambridgeshire. They got in touch as of result of seeing our coverage in the in the press oh lovely so that's that's good to see um they are a support group uh, for vulnerable and isolated people they look after people who are over the age of 18 and they offer a telephone support line for uh for people which is uh, open seven days a week 24 hours and they're obviously focusing on things like mental health and mental well-being. Um, mm. Now, she's happy. I've spoken to the uh, the lady in question, and she's she's happy for if anybody has any general questions that they want to submit um, regarding mental health and how to cope in in these times. Um, and what we'll do is we'll if anyone's got any questions we'll we'll collate them and then we'll try and do an interview with um the lady in a week or so oh that's a good uh, idea and she can then talk a bit more about how the operations how the, uh, mm. the the group is operating um but if you wanted to talk to them anyway i don't have the phone number for them but if you do look for online for the the care network for cambridgeshire uh you'll you'll find details there um 
and there is someone there at the end of the line to help support at this time um so yeah but yeah we'll we'll try and get her online and she can maybe explain a bit more about what they do and how they operate yes yes so yeah just just you know bear that in mind that there are groups out there to help support people going through tough times at the moment and don't feel that you are completely isolated um, and you're, that you're on your own there are people who will listen and will help and talk to you and offer advice yeah and if you if you have I mean if you if you are listening and you do have an issue and you don't know where who to approach you know drop us a line and, and we will try and find someone some organization you know if you if you are desperate and you are looking for someone to help you know we can maybe try and find someone who an organization that will help support you know, point you in the right direction if we don't know the organization ourselves we'll know who to ask to find the information to signpost yeah definitely there are lots yeah. of groups out there who do coordinate um, mm. but it's just knowing who to who to coordinate with mm. so yeah if you have any questions let us know and we'll we'll pass them on to um, to the care network obviously if it's personal then you can get in touch with them directly yes um right that's i think that's it from me we've had a lot to cover today we have haven't we and I thought it was going to be a small, sh a, a, a short show. I thought I've only got a couple of things. It will take us ten minutes. Oh dear. So, yeah. So that's that's it for for us today. We will be back on Monday with the the next show. Thank you for for listening. People are still listening and watching. So thank you very much for for being with us on this small journey and hope that we are entertaining and educating and, and all those good things. So yeah. it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.